both of these statements appear to be imperatives first whatever you do do it totally second whatever you do you remain unaffected by the doing how are these two to be put together is there a contradiction if yes how is it to be reconciled right what is meant by doing something totally <clears throat> we need to go into this understand this usually when we say that something is to be done totally we equate that with an expanse in time an expanse in energy instead of investing 5 units of resources in it i invested 50 units of resources because i wanted to do it totally instead of going 1 mile i went all the way for 10 miles because i wanted to do it totally so we equate this totalness with a stretch with an expanse hmm? in other words what we say is doing something totally means going as far as our desire our motivation wants us to go hmm right i have yet not had enough of it i want to have it totally so let me have a little extra a little more this is what is commonly interpreted by doing something totally right it is equated with a stretch in desire fulfillment in the expedition of energy in the investment of time hmm in the application of concentration right i want to submit that that is not what is meant by doing something totally what then is meant by doing something totally doing something totally means doing it from a point of totality it does not mean how far you go in doing that thing it means be sensitive of the point from where you are doing this thing and these are two very different things the conventional interpretation of doing something totally would mean what is important is how far i go do it totally so go far while the real meaning is it does not matter how far you go what matters is from where you start 
फ्रॉम वेयर आर यू कमिंग द कन्वेंशनल वंस वुड से दैट इफ अ फुल प्लेट ऑफ मील्स वॉज सर्व टू यू एंड यू डिड नॉट फिनिश ऑफ ईच ऑफ द डेलीकेसीज देन यू हैव नॉट हैड द मील टोटली दे वुड से समथिंग इज स्टिल लेफ्ट समथिंग इज लेफ्ट अंडन समथिंग येट नीड्स टू बी कवर्ड बिकॉज द प्लेट स्टिल नॉट एम्प्टी ऑफ कंटेंट यू हैव नॉट गॉन इन टू इट टोटली दैट्स वॉट दे वुड अलेज नो दैट इज नॉट वॉट इज मेन बाई गोइंग टोटली गोइंग टोटली मीन्स इवन इफ यू टेक जस्ट वन बाइट जस्ट वन मॉर्सेल टेक इट फ्रॉम द पॉइंट ऑफ टोटैलिटी so even if you have left the rest of the plate untouched even if you have left the entire plate untouched yet it is possible that you have totally eaten because you are eating from that point which is contented which is total total means complete total means not divided not fractured not desirous you get this so going into something totally does not mean that you have to keep diving into it till your desire is quenched that is a very misleading interpretation very very misleading but often that is found convenient to be circulated because that interpretation promotes consumption you say i want to live totally and what does that mean that means that you must consume everything that is available for consumption living totally means you must travel to as many countries as possible you must have as many items to eat to display to benefit from to consume as possible that is what is meant by living totally no that is not what is meant by living totally living totally means even if you do not travel outside of your little village yet you live totally in that in village yet you live totally in totally in that village which means it does not matter what you are doing what matters is from where are you doing it these are two very different things it is not the action that matters it is the point of origin of action that matters action would always be dictated by situations but your center cannot be dictated by situations so you cannot be particular about action if you really have eyes you will not want to look at action and judge the actor based on the action but that is what we commonly do right we judge the actor based on the action we judge the doer based on the deed do we do that or not yes but deeds can vary what is right in one situation will not be right in another situation you may remain thoroughly and consistently compassionate in situation a and situation b but your action in situation a coming out of compassion can be diametrically opposite to your action in situation b coming again out of compassion 
in both these places you are the same you are the same compassionate one yet your actions would be seemingly opposites so if you are being judged only on your action then the judgment would go haywire living totally i repeat does not mean that you need to have a flamboyant lifestyle that you need to be lavishly spending or lavishly consuming living totally means i operate from a point within me that is not hungry that is not thirsty that lives abides in its own internal satisfaction which means even as i eat the body is being given food but a point within me does not need any food even to say that it does not need any food is not exact there exists a point that neither needs food nor is in denial of food it is beyond hunger and satisfaction neither can we say that it is desirous of food nor can we say that its desire for food has been satisfied because it is something that is dimensionally different from all material all food all desire and all fulfillment of desire usually what happens is that when a fellow comes to a teacher and the fellow appears to be living a lackluster life the teacher says you know what you are not yet living fully you need to live fully pura jio you must live totally and what the teacher implies is or what the listener interprets is that i need to have a more king size life i like to i need to go out spend dance party display be loud have all the pleasures the thrills the adventures is that not what is implicitly implied in living totally no that is not at all what is meant by living totally that is a very puerile definition of living totally suitable for adolescents living totally is something totally different which means you may go and eat in a restaurant or you may eat in your own small and humble kitchen wherever you eat you are all right you may go and eat in the most expensive five star property or you may eat in a roadside dhaba there is something within you which is not a function of the place where you are eating you might be talking to an old man 
or you may have an infant in your arms there is something within you that does not change even as your behavior towards these two entities must be different you could not be behaving the same way in front or in relation with an old man as you behave with an infant so all that which is external keeps changing according to situations but something within you remains still living totally means that you remain the same in the moment of your deepest fulfillment and in the moment of your deepest frustration you are very very fulfilled your mind your body all are feeling the vibration of that fulfillment it is an ecstasy arise the whole organism is excited yet something within you feels no excitement not that it is feeling bored or dull it is just that it is not feeling excited even as the mind is excited there is something that is not excited and we are saying not excited only to emphasize that it does not have the same quality as the mind otherwise to even say that it is not excited is to stretch language beyond its limits and then there is a moment in which you are depressed irritated heavy the mind is feeling the burden the body is feeling the pain the whole system appears to be overloaded with grief with all kinds of neurotic energies yet there is something within you that is not at all frustrated not at all feeling low that does not mean that it is feeling high i repeat that feeling low the phrase feeling low is relevant only in context of the mind that is feeling low to emphasize that there is something within you that does not have the same quality as the mind we are saying that that something is not feeling low hmm that not feeling low does not mean that it is feeling high it is neither feeling high nor feeling low it is simply remaining untouched that is that point of totality you see parts can mutate change increase decrease transform change shape size color properties rise fall dissolve the total has no way to change the total is helpless in this regard were the total to change it wouldn't be the total so to act totally means to have that unchangeability 
or to let that unchangeability have you, which is both the same. But actually, it is more correct to say that let that unchangeability have you, have total control and possession of you. Now, do you see that there is no need to reconcile the two statements? Being total is the same as being untouched. But you will find this contradiction if you take the conventional definition of doing it totally. The conventional definition is not at all a correct definition. Hence, it is going to inevitably lead to that contradiction. Because according to that definition, when you do something totally, you must be colored more and more with that thing. Because that definition pertains to the fulfillment of desire. And if you are identifying so much with the fulfillment of desire, then you are getting dry as the desires increase and getting wet as the desires keep on getting fulfilled. So there is nothing unchangeable about you. Dry and wet, dry and wet, black and white, black and white. Getting it? Yes. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter where you are. Hmm? What matters really is that what you do and where you are do not become important enough to define you. Are you getting this? Let your situations, your circumstances, your possessions, your particular destination in life not become important enough or significant enough to define you. Let your self-worth not be dictated by things that are external. But since everything is external, let your self-worth not be dictated by anything at all. Which means you should not have any concept of self-worth at all. If you have a concept of self-worth, it would necessarily be a concept dependent on something because a concept by definition depends on another concept. So if you have any concept of self-definition and even if in your own assessment, you have chosen a concept that appears insulated from dependencies. Yet, in reality, every concept would always be dependent on something. When that something will change, your concept of self-worth will change. So, you will become a victim to the vicissitudes of life. Life will throw you up. You will feel up. Life will put you down, you will feel down. And that is no fun. That is no fun at all. Getting it? Hmm? Living fully in that sense means Being insulated from life 
That is why the one who lives fully has also been classically called as the one who does not live anymore. And these are one and the same thing. To live fully is to have gone beyond life. To live fully is much the same as death. Hmm? In what sense is it the same as death? We have to understand this. There is a dead man, a dead body lying on the floor. You slap it. The fellow does not react. The fellow does not react. This is the kind of death that we usually know of. This is a death in which helplessness takes over. You lose the power to react. You cannot even react. And then there is a death in which you have vaporized. You have sublimated. You have gone beyond. It is then not as if you cannot react. It is then that you cannot even be slapped. You are no more. Who will slap you now? Who is going to be slapped now? Life cannot touch you now. Because you have dissolved in life. It is not as if you have cut yourself off from life. Which, which many spiritually minded people do. They escape life. This has to be understood. There is an apparent contradiction here. You have to put these together. If you pick just one part of it, you will be misled. You have to live so totally that life stops affecting you. Totality by definition is that which remains unaffected. Can you add something to totality? Can you subtract something from totality? Can you divide totality? That is what is meant by living totally. Hmm? It is cloudy. It is shiny. It is day. It is night. Hmm? The shop is doing well. The market is down. They welcomed me. They insulted me. What fine weather. What sloppy weather. I am feeling energetic. The whole body is in pain. It's alright. There is someone who is weeping. You go to him and you say, Don't weep, brother. It's 
it's all right and then there is somebody who is jubilant dancing excited euphoric you go to him and you say it's all right brother it's all right You are up, it is alright. You are down, it is alright. You are celebrating, it's alright. You are mourning, it's alright. It's alright. In all cases, it is alright. That is living totally. Living totally means living from the center of totality. It is alright. Yes. It lacks drama. All the drama is there. All the drama is there. All the drama is there. And you are a participant. Knowing that you are a participant is called witnessing. Knowing that you are a participant in the drama is called witnessing. Witnessing does not mean that you have to stay away from the drama. Witnessing does not mean that you will be hiding somewhere behind the curtains and watching the play from there. Usually that is the image that we have of the witness. Right? The entire world is the stage on which a grand drama is being enacted. And who am I? The watcher, the witness who is watching from afar. No, that does not mean. You will never be the watcher. You are very much a participant and remain a participant. If you say that you are the witness, then all that you have done is that you have brought another character to the stage and this character is called the witness. And this is just self-deception. Can you imagine this? There are already 10 characters on the stage. And then you say, no, I am the witness. All that you have done is that you have raised the characters to 11. There is nothing called the witness. Witnessing just lies in knowing that you are a player, a participant. Know that you are participating. Know that it is a drama in which you are participating. Know that the play requires you to cry out and then cry out. Let the stream flow. Know that the play requires you to laugh. Let there be an eruption of laughter. Remaining untouched or being a witness does not mean that you will be lukewarm in your tears and your laughter. 
do what is required of you in the play. Be a good actor. Do justice to your role. As you do justice to your role, you know that you are role playing. When you know you are role playing, you will be a good actor. A poor actor is the one who totally forgets that he is an actor. And an equally poor actor is the one who remembers that he is an actor. If you remember that you are an actor, then you also remember that you are something beyond the actor, something besides the actor. Then that which you remember will interfere with your acting. No, I am not merely an actor. I am also a witness. Now this witness will interfere with the actor, with the acting. Actually, this witness that you take yourself to be is just another role. You could not be playing two roles in the same moment. But that is what happens to the victims of conventional spirituality. They start saying, you know what, I am not merely the actor, I am the witness. Now this witness will not allow you to act fully, because this witness is not witness at all. Who is it? Another role. Now you are playing two roles in the same moment, without even knowing that you are in a double role. It's a strange situation. Neither must you say that it is just a role, nor must you say that there is something beyond the role. Remembering that you are just an actor would be to remember that you are a witness also and anything that you remember is just a function of memory and forgetting that you are an actor would mean that the possibility of memory again taking over is very much alive. Don't remember, don't forget. Whatever has been forgotten can again be brought back to memory. What has been said? What has been said is this, that do not trust your mind in matters of truth. It is the mind that remembers, it is the mind that forgets. Neither must you remember the truth nor must you forget the truth. The truth can neither be remembered nor forgotten. There are those who say that they keep remembering the truth. They are misled. The truth cannot be remembered. And then there are those who say that they have forgotten the truth and need to be reminded. They too are lying. The truth cannot be forgotten either. The truth can neither be remembered nor be forgotten. It is beyond the mind. So do not try to have anything to do with the truth. Let truth do whatever it wants to do with you. You don't lay your hands on the truth because you cannot. 
you see words are dangerous when i say operate from a point of totality it is misconstructed how a fellow comes the fellow keeps on feeling internally hollow what is this hollowness it is a feeling and all feeling is mind now he sits here and then there is this question on living totally and he says you know what earlier i was feeling hollow now i am feeling full there has been no real change please see i am not advising you to feel total i am not advising you to feel full when you are feeling hollow then you are placing your trust in the feeling and when you say that you are feeling full or feeling total then again you are placing your trust in your feeling living total does not mean believing that you are total living total does not mean feeling full it means having faith in something that feeling that can feeling cannot touch you will ask me sir if feeling cannot touch it thought cannot know it how do we have faith in it how do we have faith in it after a few hours we would be approaching dawn it would still be dark the stars would still be there not even the first ray of the sun would have arrived yet there is that little bird that starts singing it has no visual or sensual or mental proof of the approaching day has her eyes seen something no because sunlight is still not there is she relying on memory maybe but then we have to see that even little baby birds start singing so it couldn't be memory acquired from this particular life's experiences that she could be relying on faith is this to know that the sun is near even when there is no proof of the sun you just know there is no proof yet i know not only do i know i am so certain of it that i will go to the town singing about it i am singing and my singing has such great certainty in it 
that by listening to my song people come to know that the sun is near my song itself is the proof of the sun there is such certainty in faith if the bird is singing it is certain that the sun is near that is faith that is faith if i am saying that it is it must be because i am saying what bigger what better proof can be there all other proofs will be external all other proofs will just be arguments the only final proof is the certainty in my heart no document can verify no logic can validate there is something in my heart that says yes that is the final proof and that is faith you getting this that is living totally that is living totally from there i live now it doesn't matter whether my song is acclaimed as the best song now it doesn't matter whether i sing the sweetest or the loudest one day i may sing for 5 minutes the other day i may sing for an hour it doesn't matter for how long i sing but whether i sing for a minute or for an hour my song is total because it is coming from totality Are you getting it? Hmm. That totality is not something that you can grasp. That totality is something you can only surrender to. If you say you know it, you are bragging. if you say you do not know it you are acting deliberately stupid it is not possible to know it and it is also not possible to not know it fullness is not the opposite of hollowness fullness is the freedom from the need to feel either hollow or full and there is something subtle we keep on feeling small and hollow 
and then we go to a teacher a master and he convinces us to feel full no such fullness is in the same dimension as hollowness fullness is not the opposite of hollowness real fullness is freedom from the need to feel hollow or full how am i feeling neither hollow nor full both hollow and full neither hollow nor full and hollow and full think that is also non duality that is also advaita do you see how all of this converges into one do you see how all divisions are unnecessary do you see that there is nothing called non duality without faith do you see how advaita and shraddha are one do you see how all of these are just one but because of mind's limited capabilities different names different viewpoints are ascribed to them Do you see how all of this is so simple, so simple that you need not bother about it. So you can just have fun. Leave truth for those who feel that they have been deserted by the truth. You go and have fun. Let those who feel that they have been rendered homeless search for the home. you have fun let those who feel that they are godless search for god you have fun sir aap keh rahe hain ki natak matlab jaise pata hota hai ki natak hai sab natak chal raha hai aur ye bhi pata hai ki ye hum yahan pe actor hu ye sab baatein par phir bhi itne kyon usme ulajh jate hain ki उससे भारी हो जाता है मतलब उस टाइम पे तो कुछ जो भी आप बता रहे हैं जो भी हम सुनते हैं कृष्ण मूर्ति सुनते हैं ओशे सुनते हैं वो कोई भी बात कहीं मेमोरी में रहती नहीं कहीं कुछ होता ही नहीं है उस टाइम पे तो पूरा ऐसे लगता है कि बस मर गए हम नहीं बचाएंगे तो क्वेश्चन इज इन स्पाइट ऑफ नोइंग दैट इट इज जस्ट अ प्ले वाई डू वी गेट एम्ब्रॉइड इन द प्ले it is because of your concept that this is a play when you know that something is just a play and when you say something is just a play you mean it is superficial and artificial right that's what you mean it's a play when you have already declared something to be superficial and artificial will you allow yourself to go fully into it so whenever the moment of immersion comes you are reminded by that inner voice oh it is just a play so you resist yourself you forcibly prevent yourself from stepping immersion immersing into it you will not want to go deep into it you'll keep telling yourself it is just a play my teacher told me it is just a play all the spiritual literature is telling me it's just a play and if it is just a play how do i participate fully in it if you hold a concept that it is just a play you will not be able to live fully if you hold a concept that it is not a play but it is real again you will not be able to live fully why 
then you will fear for the because then if you have to play the dying man on the stage you will feel that Amen. you are dying and then you will be overtaken by fear fear so if you think it is a play you will not be able to live and if you think it is not a play you will not be able to die either way you are caught and stuck the best part is do not think about what it is please spare yourself from thinking about the truth it is neither a play nor is it something different from the play it is neither real nor unreal you will never be able to put in words what it really is you meet people of both kinds there are those who say oh it is just a play oh it is just a play you will find them shallow they will never be able to weep fully they will never be able to weep fully if it is just a play how can i let my mind be broken fully how can i let myself suffer fully it is just a play for the sake of an artificial thing like a play would i allow myself to suffer tell me it is just a play a play is a limited thing it deserves limited investment how can i weep so much that my head starts spinning and aching for the sake of a play i will not do so much which means that there will be no depth in your living whatever you do would be just mediocre half hearted not having any warmth in it yes and if you say that what you are doing is real finally real then you will be buffeted by all the ups and downs of life like a plank upon mighty waves seen those being thrown up and then being mercilessly brought down and you do not know what is happening you are anchorless you are listless so do not go by these things that life is a play watch the play and remain a witness no and by that i do not mean that life is not a play i'm saying stop thinking about life and start living you don't have to make sense of life because life has no sense at all you don't have to derive any meaning or purpose out of life because it has no meaning no purpose at all if you say that life is a play you have claimed that you have been able to conclude something about your life such conclusions are always meaningless frivolous and painful be there and being there is sufficient and that is sufficient to sare agar dukhi hai to dukhi rahe yes of course so iske bare mein matlab we should not think about no no not at all all suffering arises from concepts to use 
another concept to ameliorate suffering is to use poison to kill poison. It may give you some temporary apparition of relief, but it would be destroying your entire system. Somebody is suffering. Oh, I am so small, I am so small. Guruji comes and tells him, No, Bacha, you are not small. You are wide, you are infinite, you are Brahm. The Bacha was weeping because he was feeling little. Now he is bloated because he is feeling Brahm. What do you think is going to happen next? He is going to be beaten up. So don't think about your size at all. You are neither big nor small. If you think you are small, you are in for suffering. If you think you are large, you are in for even bigger suffering. Those who think that they are not Brahm, definitely suffer. And those who think that they are Brahm, suffer even more. That's what the Upanishads so very classically say. They say, that those who do not know fall in a deep well and those who know fall in a well yet deeper. Spirituality often proves to be that well that is even deeper than ignorance. Knowledge is a well more deeper and deceptive than ignorance. Be neither ignorant nor knowledgeable. Hmm? So, what stops us from emerging? Despite time. How do I belong fully if I know that time will take this away? I don't want to get hurt. I'm carrying the burden of all the hurt in the past already. Now I cannot open up. Opening up would mean becoming vulnerable to another hurt. Now I cannot be immersed. Immersion would mean that I have again dropped my armors, now again someone can come and assault. Time. Something may happen next and in anticipation of that which may happen next, you do not allow that which may happen right now. But then how to convince oneself that being hurt next time is okay? Because you are already not hurt. It is not about it being okay when you are hurt the next time. The fact is, all these times that when you convinced yourself that you are hurt, were you actually hurt? It is just that you had been taught that it is proper to act hurt in such situations. You look at the facts, you look at the evidence. 
in the indian culture in front of the man if the wife just hugs somebody a stranger another man it is possible that the man may get hurt in other cultures it is possible that in front of the man the wife actually kisses somebody else and the man feels no hurt is hurt something innate or is hurt something that you have absorbed you have taught yourself to get hurt you actually were never hurt you are wearing hurt upon yourself hurt is a cultivated quality your essence can never be hurt how can you hurt the total only that in you gets hurt which is anyway unreal and it is quite eager to get hurt hurt gives it a chance to act as if it is real as if it is real you see i am real that is why i am painting thus goes the logic so to prove that i am real i must take the pain along pain so that is why pain is such a coveted thing that is why pain is one of the most sought after commodities if there is one thing that is a hot seller in the market of human aspirations it is pain look how painful we all are painful i don't know whether we live fully but there is one thing that we are always full of pain this is one thing that is never in short supply go to anybody and ask him what are your joys and he may stare blankly at you but if you ask him what are your pains he will say now you sit <laughs> it's a long story let's first have a cup of tea he'll ensure that you don't run away it's an epic now how can it finish so fast we need pain huh don't we in order to justify being what we are what we have taught ourselves to be both pain and pleasure are unreal but why is pain more sought after than pleasure because pain gives the hope of pleasure because pleasure is always a hope and that hope is called pain you see can you feel pain except in comparison with an imagined pleasure you say that you are deficient in something how do you know you are deficient how do you know you are deficient except by way of comparison with an imagined fullness you have two units of a resource you say you know what this is so less how do you know it is less only by comparison of by with an imagined state in which you have 10 units that 10 units you define as pleasure 
these two units you define as pain. Both of these have been put as quantities by the mind. To go to 10 units is to prepare to feel bad when you come down to 2. To be at 2 is to keep crying till you have 10. When you are at 10, you are shivering in apprehension that you may now fall to 2. Look at the condition of those who have the riches. They are so eager about protecting them. The fear that this may go away keeps assaulting them. So their hope lies in securing what they already have. And look at those who have two. Their desperation lies in having only two and then they live in ambition. The ambition of one day reaching up to ten. Ten does not give them security. Ten only gives them the additional responsibility of securing the ten that they have now got. They fully well know that time can take away this 10. This 10 does not belong to them. This 10 is just accidental. Something may snatch it away. So even if you have 10, you still cannot have pleasure. Whereas when you were at 2, you said that 10 will give me pleasure. Having come to 10, you find that 10 cannot give you pleasure because the 10 is temporary. So now what do you want to do? You want to secure 10. And no security can ever be permanent. You know that. You very well know that all your attempts to secure something will fail. You cannot secure even your own body. How will you secure your riches? You do not know even whether the next breath would be there. How do you know whether the next moment all your stuff in the bank would be there? That is why you keep still shivering. Both pain and pleasure are pain. Both pain and pleasure are suffering. It is not as if spirituality is about moving away from pain. Spirituality is about moving away from both pain and pleasure. And having returned to your innate fullness is the point of joy. That point where pain and pleasure are just visitors. They come, they go. I live in my house. The house is named Joy. Joy is actually a concept. Of course. It is not a reality. No, not at all. It is a force concept. Of course, pleasure is a force concept. And you know what? One of the biggest instruments of pleasure 